This episode is going to be on the value proposition. Now, you probably have heard this term in a different setting, whether you're in sales, your career. The value proposition terminology gets thrown a lot, and I'm going to speak to it from a sales perspective. And I'm going to start there simply because even though this podcast is on communication skills, one of the things we have to accept about reality is whether you, we like it or not, this the ability to sell is a part of our lifestyle. You know, I remember growing up, there's two things you can't avoid, math and selling. And even though there is a population of people who say, I hate sales, and there's the other population of people who say, I love sales. I never really find anybody in between, which is why I'm going to speak on the value proposition from a sales perspective, because I think that will organically flow and go into other areas of your life professionally. So here we go. The value proposition is simply when you communicate the benefits, solutions, and results of that product, service, or specialty you bring to the table. Let me say that again because I really want this to sink in. The value proposition communicates the benefits, solutions, and results that you bring to the table or to that specialty you have. I did the Profitable Writer podcast with Kent Saunders, and we spoke about this, but I wanted to do this topic again on my podcast because I think it's such an invaluable skill that we don't spend a lot of time with and a lot of people talk on a high level. I'll give you an example. You know, recently I was on the phone with a gentleman who, and if you go on my LinkedIn, you'll see that full-time I work for a backup power industry, very strong company, and part-time I do side work and speaking and training. And we were talking, and he's just getting into the electrical industry, backup power industry. And he comes from a really robust background, very smart, professional, MBA, you name it. And he was telling me, he's like, I know everything about the value proposition. I get it. And we, we got on this topic. And I said, excellent. And I said, so I guess there's no need to talk any further. And he said, well, hold on a second. Okay. Just out of curiosity, because I'm new to the backup power world. What do you teach? What do you train? What do you communicate for somebody who may be new at selling backup power products? And I said, well, I'll keep it very simple. Anytime we're selling backup power systems generators, I simply just change people to start thinking about what is the end result of what you do. And he's, he goes, okay. He said, start thinking about the end result because people don't buy products. People buy end result. They buy what's in it for them. So when someone buys a backup power system, they're buying backup power to protect them from what type of situation? He says, well, in an outage. Okay, well, where is that outage going to affect? Well, it affects their family. It affects their home. Just let them start talking. Let them get there on his own. I said, okay, so stay with me. Let's try this. You help homeowners safeguard their homes from power outages with a backup power system. He goes, oh, I like that. And it's not that he couldn't get there on their own or on his own. It's simply because a lot of us don't think in terms of end results. We don't think in terms of what's in it for the customer. And we need to keep that solution up front. And this pertains to you also 
when you're trying to find that unique career or job, you have to define what is your value proposition and specialty that makes you stand out amongst the other candidates. It relates to that area of your life too. But so many people who get into sales or get into trying to find their craft, their voice, they don't spend enough time with the value proposition and they don't keep that in front early and often throughout an entire process, especially a value-driven one that a lot of consultative sales professionals understand. I'll tell you a big pain point I see across a lot of industries, and this isn't just in the backup hour world. This isn't real estate. This isn't insurance. We get too caught up thinking in terms of a transactional mindset. Let me say that again. Transactional mindset means that they just want a price. Here's the price. Here is the way you can pay me with your credit card. Give me. Here's the flaw in the idea of price and not selling the value proposition more effectively. When you book appointments or you schedule meetings, and we're just going to talk from a consultative sales process around price alone, you tend, and and I think you'll agree with me, you've had this experience if you've fallen into this trap, you tend to have more canceled meetings and you tend to have worse meetings. And here's why. There's something called the buying window. The buying window is made up the experience, relationship, and education we give a person. But to keep that buying window bigger, we have to keep those three things top of mind. It starts with your value proposition. So again, you need to spend time with what is unique about what I sell, if you're a sales consultative professional, and say to yourself, after I deliver this service, what is the end result? What does the client, what does the person, individual, get at the end of it. And that's what you book your appointment around, the benefits, solutions, and results. And now this gentleman that I was speaking with had a sales background, so he understood the point of not booking an appointment on price. But what he did to have ambiguity on was how to communicate that specialty since he was new to the backup power world. And that's what I was coaching him on. Simply leading with, I help homeowners safeguard their property from power outages or the backup power system. It's a clean, crisp statement that gets right to the point and will create the question in the customer's mind if they're qualified. Well, how do you do that? And that's the thing you also want to think about in your value proposition. You want to create in that person's mind, that customer's mind, the follow-up thought. Well, how do you do that? And when you get good at how do you do that, the biggest trap you can fall into next is answering. Well, what we do, no. What you do is once you get that, how do you do that? Well, how do you get there? you still have to stay on booking that appointment around that value statement. Well, possible customer or possible individual who wants to meet with me, are you looking for this XYZ benefit solution or result? 
And if they say yes, well, let's get some time on the calendar. Just give me 30 minutes. I look forward to showing you. Now, if you're able to do it right there, do it right there. But that value proposition is that gateway into opening that buying window more. And when we get it on price, again, I say this earlier, but I'm going to say it again because repetition is the mother of learning. When we get it on price, we hurt ourselves. We dilute ourselves. We devalue ourselves. Folks, stay with me on this. Price is looked at. I look at price in two ways, especially in a consultative sales model. There's cost and investment. Cost is associated with loss. Investment is associated with gain. When we give the price, we tell them, this is what it costs, now you've lost. Let me say that again. This is what it costs, now you've lost. Because they already know. So now they become transactional mindset. Okay, well, I'm going to go look elsewhere. Let me compare cost. Because that's what you've put in that individual's mind. But to separate yourself from terms of investment, that's why you lead with your value prop. To simply say, well... If you invest the time with me, I will show you at the end of our 30, 45 minute meeting how you can safeguard your home from outages using a backup power system. And again, that's just one example. When I was on the Profitable Writer podcast, I remember that for him, it was about taking the talents of writers and turning it into profit was their value proposition. This is something you're going to want to spend a healthy amount of time with and get just right. Because once you find that value prop, of what you do, that uniqueness of your service, of who you are, then you can start to build that confidence around, okay, now I can start my process and do more qualified meeting. And I learned this the hard way. I've had weeks where I made 400 calls and got no meetings. I've had weeks where I've made 400 calls and got 20, 30 meetings. So I know from experience, and I can give you an individualized story. I cold called a Fortune 100 company on the 800 number, I remember. And it was really funny because I was really new and I was reading about this concept from my failure to success from Frank Benninger. It's a really phenomenal reading material if you ever get around to it. And I remember I got, and, and this is an ugly term, gatekeeper. I don't like that term. I think gatekeeper is ugly. Not that gatekeepers are ugly, but the term of labeling people, putting them in a box is really atrocious to me. Gatekeepers are decision makers because whether it's the CEO, the secretary, EVP, whatever, they're all people at the end of the day. And I, me, I treat everybody like a decision maker. That's how I try to live my best self. Everybody I meet is a value and that we're individual and we're equal. That's how I look at it. So I called 800 number, first person I give my value proposition. I was um, selling an attendance tracking software at the time and I said, you know, I help event planners um, take all the pain out of putting their events together. Who would I speak to? Is that you? And they would say, well, no. And I kept going through this 800 number and I got all the way to the vice president of this Fortune 100 company. And I got nervous because it worked. And I asked, I gave my value proposition. I said, I help companies and their event planners take all the pain out of putting their event together. And he said, well, how do you do that? And I fell into the trap. And before I could say anything else, he hung up the phone.
And rightfully so, because I lost my most important reason why we need to embrace the value proposition. It gives you posture. Posture is an exuberating confidence you have that somebody wants to be around. So that's what also gives you in this value proposition. When you have posture, you have power. Say that again. When you have posture, you have power. And I always knew this organically. And it, it, it stemmed into other areas of my life, this idea of how to get there. So here are a couple tips you can also do as you craft your power statement. Once you write out your script, your power statement, I want you to highlight the power statement on the right side and then look at the left side of what you've written and look at the middle. See how many words it takes for you to get to your value statement. That's the first tip I'll give you. And that's really important to you. And here's why. The more words it takes to get to the value proposition, the less impact it has in the ears that you're communicating it to that individual. So going back to my earlier example of how I helped that gentleman say, well, when you're selling backup power systems, simply lead with, I safeguard homeowners from power outages with backup power system. That has taken a lot of time to get there. I've trained over almost 3,000 sales reps in this skill, which is why I can get there quickly. But he first went into his initial value proposition was, well, all this other, I don't remember it exactly, but it was a lot of words. That's all I remember. And then I heard his value prop and it was good. And that's why I had really reminded him what he already knew is that the longer it takes, the longer they take, the shorter you take to get to the solution, the shorter they take to get to the solution. And that was another light bulb moment him and I had together. So again, when you write your script, look at the filler words and how many words it takes to get to your value proposition and cut those out and try to find best ways you can get there. Jerry Seinfeld will spend hours looking at a sentence sometimes just to see if he can get to the punchline quicker because as he states, the longer it takes to get to the punchline, the greater divide I have with the laughter in the audience. The longer it takes to get to the value proposition, the greater divide you have in doing more quality meetings and influencing people with the positive solution and service you have. Now, that's number one, cut the words. Number two, you have to ask yourself, can you deliver on this end result? Meaning, don't write a value statement you can't deliver on. So if you can safeguard a harm from power outages, lead with that. If, you, if you're a realtor and you can help a, a new homeowner find that ever forever home to ensure their family is safe and strong, lead with those value propositions, but ensure that you can deliver because the worst thing you can do is book meetings around this value proposition and then hurt yourself when you can't deliver. Under promise, over deliver. Under promise, over deliver. So that's number two. Ensure that the value statement you give can be met with the service you provide, which sounds like common sense. But as I've said in many podcasts, common sense is not always common. Now, number three, I want you to consider 
actually, I don't want you to consider. I want you to move forward with writing three different value statements around the service you provide and challenge yourself to expand. Because what I have found when people write three, they tend to be able to identify which ones will have the most impact in their next 20 or 30 meetings. And again, once you get good at this skill, once you get good at defining the benefits, solutions, and results of who you are, your uniqueness in that service or that product you're moving or whatever that entrepreneurial spirit within you has, you'll start to find that, wow, I'm pretty unstoppable when I get the hang of this.